Hey everybody, welcome to Culture of Splife Podcast. I am your host to kick this thing off, Josh, and my co-host Rod and Drew will be in in a minute. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Rod and Drew were both sick, but uh, both are healthy and back. And uh, we took a week off for spring break, but uh, we are back and ready to get after it. A lot to talk about today. But as always, you can follow us on every social media outlet that's in your mind. TikTok, obviously Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, and everywhere it's Culture Splay. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, Rod. What is going on, Mr. Craigo? Welcome back, man. Glad to see you upright. I am glad to be upright. <laughs> <laughs> little scare, for sure. Put things in perspective really fast, it I imagine. Most definitely put things in perspective. I'm taking a step back and just kind of learning to take things easy. I think it just overran there for a little bit. But uh, what's funny about my daughter is, um, you know, she went ahead and uh, was the MVP and won the tournament with, with me just chilling at the house. And she's like, well, maybe you just stay at home all the time now. So. <laughs> and what were you saying that her team's rank was? Uh, they are currently number one in the state, number four in the country. Had they have been able to hold on uh, this past weekend, they lost to a team that's number five in the country right now. Um, they had a lead, then they lost it, and they, with like a minute left, they were down by seven. 20 seconds later, she had cut the lead to like two from seven. Wow. But – you know, I think that for her teammates, the stage was a little big. And so they kind of turned the ball over and, and you know, in, in some spots, couldn't get it to her just to bring them on in. But, I mean, be top four in the country and be number one in Alabama is pretty it's pretty crazy right now. And is that an AAU team? As an AAU yeah, team. I so. <laughs> so. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, needless to say, it's uh, – you know, so she's uh, she's motivated to get get to number one. I bet. Drew Tolbert, welcome back. Good to be here. Good to have a voice Drew. to speak with. <laughs> that is helpful to do a podcast for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. I ran out of video to uh, to post on all my social media. You know, I like to post something every day, and uh, I always have about you know ten videos in pocket to record, but. Uh, you know, to post here and there if something happens, like you lose your voice and, uh, yeah, ran out of video. I just haven't posted. I, I mm -hmm. would say Sunday is probably the first day I, I, I've felt 100% on the voice. Wow. Yeah, awesome. No drop calls or anything now? No, 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 not, not dropping calls. I'm, I'm all good. There you go. Well, shout out to day one for showing up for us. To uh, fill in for y'all. Easy. E -E. You the man. That's it. That would have been sure. I don't know an interesting, interesting podcast. You just sitting there talking, me in the chat. Like, what would what would that have sounded like? <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So uh, glad y'all are back. We've got a lot to unpack today. Of course, we have the Final Four in men's basketball and Final Four in women's basketball. And uh, some would probably say that the women's Final Four was a little bit more entertaining 
one Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark kind of kept it very entertaining for us Sunday night. So yeah, no no question about that. Yeah, I mean, you know what was crazy was this. Um, it it got crazy, obviously going back to the Iowa Louisville Elite Eight game because when that happened this past Sunday, well, the Sunday before last. That was actually the highest-rated basketball game on ESPN all year. That actually eclipsed the any of the NBA games on uh, ESPN. So and that was the Elite Eight game. So you already had a lot of buzz about Caitlin Clark at that point. We we had all this, you know. So and then she's going against the best team, historically one of the best teams like in history, right? With South Carolina. So there was already some build up there. She. He dropped a 40-piece on them back-to-back -back for the first time. And so that just raises a legend. And there's, and then you literally had made for TV with the championship and everything that happened there. Like, that's the craziest thing about it is it just kept building and building and building. So there's no question women's basketball and the women's Final Four was like the talk of sports, period. Right. For sure. And then, of course, we'll get into, get into the men's. Um, but before we get too far along here, I think we need to have our Uncle Joe's trivia segment. What do y'all think? You gotta tell him, man. Uncle Joe. Absolutely. Let's do it. Happy birthday to Uncle Joe. Oh, yeah. 81 no years young. Still not cheating in trivia, that's for sure. When right. someone asks him a question, he's using that brain. So that's what we're going to do. So I got two pretty good ones today, I think. And then I have a bonus one. So the first one is we know that Caitlin Clark broke the record for the most points in an NCAA tournament with 191 points. Whose record did she beat? That would be a good one. I expect a lot of response there. Absolutely. And then the second one, kind of piggybacking off of that, she not only broke the women's record for the most points in NCAA tournament history, but she also broke the men's record. That's insane. What, what man's record was broken by Caitlin Clark? That should get some interesting ones, too. Definitely. I actually read something, I think yesterday or today, that Caitlin Clark was so dominant as an eighth grader, she was playing 16 and 17 year old boys and was completely dominating them to the point where the opposing coach was saying that girls should not be allowed to play with boys. I, I, can, I can totally <laughs> believe it. You, you mean, can kind of relate, can't you, a little bit, Rod, with your daughter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and what's, what's crazy is, don't like Mondays. Uh, she she plays uh, pickup and 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 skills with uh, high school boys and scrimmages. So I believe it. I remember there was a, a girl that I used to play against a uh, a friend of a friend of mine, and she could beat me with a girls' ball, mm -hmm. but she couldn't beat me with a, a men's ball. Yes, yeah, a totally, totally it, different ball game. It is totally different. Yeah, it, it felt like I was using one of those, like, Papa Shop balls when I was playing. Right. <laughs> no, it's, it's a totally like different world. Different or something? Hmm? 
not even an inch and a half. It's an inch because the boys' ball is 29 and a half and the girls' is 28, 28 and a half. Okay. But it's it's a spherical inch, you know, and I, I was explaining to my kids this weekend, you know, like pizza math. Like, like you got you got to use the pizza math on that one, right? Because, like, even though it's only an inch different, it's spherical. It's like, you know, two, two 10-inch pizzas is considerably smaller than one 18-inch pizza, right? right? So, so it's, that, that inch is a huge inch in, in, the, um, in the spherical world when the hoop is the same size. Yeah, right? I regularly have to use that girls' basketball. It, 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 it's, the, it's the Shaq philosophy behind balls. Like, it literally is. It's like Shaq shooting free throws. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. I didn't, I, All right. I didn't know there was that much of a difference until I was in high school when I when I dunked. Like the first time I ever literally dunked a basketball. Like everybody's like, "Yeah, it's a girl's ball," and I was like, "So, <laughs> my dream." Like I, it's it's cool, man. I can dunk now. Like I'd been working out, you know. I'd done the done the the calf raises on the board, you yeah. know, and like did the squats and everything. Got there. Yeah, I found out that it was a little bit different than whenever, you know, I had to go and it's a couple more weeks before I could dunk with that other um, other ball. But, uh, yeah. If you had just had your strengths, you would have been able to dunk a, a men's ball. Right. Yes. <laughs> had those extra that's, platforms keep the calves up the whole time. Right? That, that's, that's what I needed. That's I couldn't right. afford them from the East Bay magazine. I didn't have that, that money like you did. <laughs> And you had to just do it the, the natural way. You graduated from uh, touching the net to touching the rim to almost right. getting there with the ball to finally doing it. I think Maybe I, I think the most exciting day for me was whenever I touched the rim like here and not here, you know? Mm -hmm. Like like that was for me like between that and backboard. Like those were the two most memorable moments. Um, for, for me, of course, I didn't play basketball. I was just doing it because I was a tall guy, right? I felt obligated. Sure. A good, good friend of mine, uh, Tori, sometimes listens to the show. He and I would always talk about how cool it would be when we could finally slap the glass when we laid the ball up. That yep. was the coolest thing. Yep. Right. I was like, that's I want to be saying. able to do that instead of dunk. Like, that's even more cool, you know? And yeah, it was, was What's really funny is uh, when you go to all these little AAU uh, circuits and everything else, and you see like these sixth and you know, like fifth, sixth, and seventh grade boys, and they're just getting so excited because they can touch the net. <laughs> 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 and you just think about that, and it's like, wow. <laughs> well, in all, all fairness, though, for me, point. it was like, I don't know about Josh, because me and Josh are like the same height, but like for me, I was like almost done with school by the time I could dunk. Like, I, I don't yeah. know, Josh, you might have been a 10th grader out there jumping, but, like, I was – it was, like, last semester of senior year before I could do it. Yeah. I could probably dunk right towards the end of my senior year as well. No, and I, mean, and was, I didn't was, dunk in a game I, until I was 22 or 23. I never – Like a church did. lead. Yeah. I, mean, it was high I never did. For, like, for it was clear the court Andrews was going to try to dunk. Like, there was somebody <laughs> on me. I wasn't dunking. No, if that wasn't happening. What were you saying, Rod? Yeah, it was definitely high school for uh, for most of us. And, I mean, obviously, we were considered athletic, and it was still high school. But now they're like mutants now. I mean, like, 
I mean, in seventh and eighth grade, they're like six three, six four now. So it's just like what? Exactly. All right. So I'm gonna hit the the last question of the night, and that is right before we start talking about uh, San Diego State in the Final Four. Who holds the record for the most assists in San Diego State basketball history? That should be pretty interesting. Yes, yes. I, w I want to give it away so bad because, like, think of all the other records that he holds, right? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> No hey, just like, just like Uncle Joe always says, don't cheat. We want to see what you get. That's right. Yes. So uh, if, if you're listening to the show right now, comment when, how old you were the first time you dunked. Because that might be a little exciting. I already got one text, so. I wonder, I wonder how old I was, if I was 17 or 18, because my birthday's in April. I, I bet I was probably 18. Yeah. Like, I bet I was – I feel like it was warm weather. But that could be January. You know what I'm saying? Like – I mean – And it's Alabama, so. When we have one of my uh, confirmed guests on the show, he'll be able to uh, to to confirm what I'm going to say. But I was only 5'2 in ninth grade. I was like a, a straight point guard with handles for days, teardrops, all oh. that stuff. Uh, and then – Basically, between the time I was 15 and 16, I grew almost a foot to 6'2". So, but then that was it. I was done. So, uh, yeah. So, my game completely changed because I went from being the shortest guy on the court to generally the tallest or close to the tallest in a street ball, you know, just kind of pickup game environment. So I, I was the same way. Like, that, that's so crazy because I, I was literally one of the shortest guys in my class. Like, hands down, I remember I, I remember standing in the lunch line in 10th grade and somebody turning around and saying, like, when did you get that tall? And I was, I was ahead above uh -huh. them at that point. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I just know I can only wear shorts. It's, Pants are not an option anymore. That's crazy. They don't ever fit. Yeah, exactly. Um, I started eighth grade at five foot three, and I ended eighth grade at like five nine and a half. Wow! You go. There you, go. Course, there you course, go. I grew like you know three more inches around eleventh, twelfth grade ish. Right. And it's crazy because you see your kids every day, so you don't notice any change in them. Until yeah, exactly. you look at a picture, I saw a picture of my daughter four years ago, and it's a completely different person. Unbelievable. Right. Yes. But I would tell you she hasn't changed because I see her every day. <laughs> You're very right about that. But then when you see everybody else, like, my God, you've grown. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So uh, there is Uncle Joe's trivia. We'll give you the answers here at the end of the podcast. So let's move on to this, uh, this final four action. All right. Let's, All right. Start with the, let's start with the men's. Florida Atlantic doing a little uh, New York Knicks choke job against the Pacers. What do you oh, think? Oh, man. They so dominated that game. And, yeah, I know we were talking pregame about it. And I, when I was watching the game, they're up like 14. And it's one of those type of things where we all know San Diego State, I mean, even putting it mildly would be to call them offensively challenged. 
I mean, so if you are up by 14 on an offensively challenged team, that's like having a 25-point lead. Right. And they still were able to chip away and chip away. And then we saw what happened at the end. Like, I, you know, you should, you should tell all our listeners what, you, what your thought process would have been for Florida Atlantic when they were going in and rushing the shot with the lead. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to need to watch it back to see exactly how much time was left. But I was actually watching the game with good buddy uh, Brandon Van Orden, who posted there, and uh, it was it was it's like crazy. eleven seconds when they when they got the ball, something like that. How many six, six seconds? Um, no, wait a minute. I think it was that, about I think seven, it was six seconds. I think yeah, it was a seven second three. difference, and yeah. it, well, it, it was a six second difference with a shot clock. But he put the he put the ball up, and and San Diego State and Butler actually got the rebound with like. Seven, six and a half seconds left. Right, exactly. So what I'm doing is, you know, I call it Hito Turkalooing for the magic. Mm -hmm. He would literally just dribble, dribble, dribble if we were down two, and then just launch a three at the buzzer. If it goes in, we win. If it doesn't, we don't. But at least this, if you take a long shot, it's going to carry him probably back rim, mm -hmm. and it's going to go up in the air quite a bit. You possibly get an offensive rebound. If you don't, they still have to go the length of the court in probably and four seconds. A lot more. And they're scrambling a ton more exactly. in that scenario. Exactly. They have no time to, to set up, which, interestingly enough, they had all data set up, and there was no set at all. It was complete isolation, and I thought the kid was going to dribble the ball off his foot, and then all of a sudden he turns around and drills a shot at the buzzer. Like, I was thinking. And he, he wasn't even going to get the shot off in time with the way right. they were struggling. And then, like, literally, that was, like, the first official, like, buzzer beater in the tournament. And it's the first game in the Final Four, which is just crazy. Yes. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's just crazy. But, you know, what was cra what's even crazier is the fact that, what was it, like, three weeks ago we were talking about on the show that – all the excitement within like the first two days of the NCAA tournament, which was kind of crazy that the very first upset, we were we were at Buffalo Wild Wings together watching it with Virginia and Furman. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that was just crazy. Like like what happened there. But you get all the excitement. You get the the all of your uh Cinderella stories, which last year was St. Peter's, this year was Princeton and FAU and you know, all these teams. But no, and everybody's bracket is usually destroyed at least one and a half days in. You can just go ahead and put it in the trash for the rest of the tournament. But it still never fails. That's right. A blue blood will always win the championship. That's right. You, you Speaking you know of – uh, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, you know, you know, you were talking about a few weeks ago. My favorite, um, like – I, I encourage any listener listening to this in any form of syndication to go back um, three and four weeks ago when we started this whole nonsense um, and, and listen to Rod. You can, you, you can faintly hear him eating his words about San Diego State being overrated uh, in the tournament because he said that. <laughs> and, and then San Diego State ends up being the team to knock out who? Who, who do they knock out? Yeah, they knocked out Alabama. They knocked out Alabama. <laughs> well, I do get some redemptive qualities because I did say that 
uh, FDU. I said they're probably not going to win, but this is another scenario where the, the, it's a golden opportunity. Look, I, I don't care who San Diego State beat, who they didn't beat. The fact that they beat Alabama and, and you're the one that said they were overrated makes it hilarious, even <laughs> though you never said Alabama was going to win it. That was never No, in fact, if you go made. back, I, I actually said Alabama shelf life was either the Sweet 16 or the Elite Yeah, Eight. no. Well, me and you called when they were getting eliminated. Mm -hmm. And and if you look at my bracket, I even had them eliminated in the right spot. Wrong team. Yep. Right spot. <laughs> right spot. All right. So, Drew's your bad cop, Rod. Now I'm going to be your good cop. Um, who was it that you picked to win the national championship before the conference tournament started? Uh, I said you UConn. All right. I, I, on one of these shows, I just said they, they, they were the most complete team and they had all the pieces. You remember I was talking about the fact that they were dismantling everybody, Alabama included, by like 15 in the middle of the season. Now they hit that rough patch and some people kind of lost a little bit of faith or they weren't paying attention to them. But, I mean, I just looked, they were the most complete team. I just said that I just, you know, I thought that in like January that this is probably the team that's going to win. You know, you know what? It's upsetting the most to me about that. And, and again, listeners, go back and listen to that episode when we first started talking about this. That's who I was going to pick. And I was like, well, I'm going to pick somebody different since you picked them. I'm not going to say the same team. And, <laughs> and Josh was looking at us like we had four heads, man. It was like, UConn, really? Yeah. Um, and, and, is Emeka we Okafor like, back yeah. or something? <laughs> but but the, the no funny close thing enough. is – I went all in. I went all in on my pick. My pick was Purdue, right? And I was like, no, I'm going all in. Rod, you got UConn. I'm going all in. My daughter, five years old, had UConn winning the tournament in mm -hmm. her, her bracket. Five years old, and she got it right. Yep. Now, given she was way off on the score, the score ended up not being 28 to 24 like she predicted it to be, but she hey, still Rick, got the winner oh, right. Come on. <laughs> all of us to the final four we were done everybody in my house was done except for her and the one team she had going through like i had uconn going to the final four but you know i i, I of course had him eliminated because I, I wanted you know something else to happen magically should have went with my gut initial thing I, I would be sitting here like look at my bracket and how awesome it is yeah. but i didn't and now she gets to relish my five-year-old daughter. Maybe She's her prediction. Maybe her prediction was just advanced, and she was just thinking number of field goals in the game. Now she was going with that rake right ball score. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm thinking that she got that score. That seems awfully like a football score to me. So I'm thinking that she saw that on Madden. <laughs> You know, from, like, my son playing and was like, that's a game score right there, 28-20. Because, I mean, that's like a random number for a five-year-old to just say. Right. Like, there had to be some logic behind yeah. it. Yeah. Now, if she picked San Diego State to be in the finals and she picked the score to be 28-24, to that might be plausible. <laughs> <laughs> if UConn wasn't the opponent, 28-24 for a San Diego State game is possible. It's just kind of funny, like, my mom and everybody else always just talk about, like, you got to be ready for a football game when you're playing uh, San Diego State, so. Right. Weren't, 
wasn't Kentucky or Kentucky, Connecticut up 36 to 20 or 22 at the half? 36 to 24 at the half? Yeah. 24, yeah. Yep. Yeah, the 24 was there in the halftime score. It was, but I couldn't remember the big number. (laughs) That's right. But I mean, what's crazy is this is like the fourth most dominant run in tournament history. I mean, like they literally won every game by double digits. Right. Once I mean, they abused Gonzaga, I was like, whoa, this team is legit. I mean, like, like and they 30 pieced them. They did. Yep. Just drove Drew Timmy crazy. And speaking of which, he should have gotten his fourth foul in the first half. And yeah. somehow they gave it to somebody else who didn't even touch. I mean, I mean like, he got, a, he got his, like, fourth year before, like, the pandemic. I mean, yeah, I mean, like this guy's old. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's, he that's is. what they were doing. They were they were just giving it to somebody else just to because they felt sorry for it. Age. I, I mean, like he he looks like he should be starring in like old school too. You know, just the uh, the athletic version of it. You know, right. So so who's older, him or Stetson Bennett? <laughs> <laughs> that's the. Only- Almost for Uncle Joe at this point. I mean, <laughs> oh man, there you go. Let's compose ourselves and let's. I mean, like that I think for- that uh, I mean, like both of those guys are like on their second marriage now or something. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, like how old are you? <laughs> yep. So uh, you know, great, great tournament game yesterday. Great championship. Great tournament overall. Um, as y'all know, I don't do a bracket. In fact, Kevin messaged me and asked me to be in a bracket before the tournament started, and I said you couldn't pay me to be in a bracket. Yep, you you did say you said you want to actually enjoy the tournament. But interestingly enough, the reason I didn't want to have a bracket was because I would feel compelled to watch all the games, and I probably watched eighty percent of the games anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were texting about them. Yep. <laughs> It's so funny to me, like, I I can't watch them. Like, I really can't, like, there was one year I, I was I was working in the youth group at a church, and, like, I had a bunch of the guys over, you know, like, the, the youth group, and I remember one day sitting there, like, I made a deal with God. I was like, God, I will never watch this tournament like this if you will let these kids leave my house. <laughs> like, just make them get out. Just get out of my house, because I was, war- we were, like, we were pre-sweet 16, so we were like all oh, yeah. day long there was somebody at my house. And I'm like, oh, this has got to end. I can't I can't do this. I felt like the game in the last game ends at like midnight, and I'm just like, no, I'm I'm done. So I'm pretty good at making the bracket and being able to just catch the updates later. So I really didn't watch a ton of the tournament. Uh but it, and again, it's to deal with God, right? That's what you got to do, Josh. You just That's right. just got to be held but, but hey, Drew, it's all good because the women's tournament stole the show big time this year. <laughs> that is true. It was must see TV. Yes. Yeah. No. So. Yeah. So, I mean, I, mean, Clark. I, I want to hear you guys' uh, opinion on this here, and and I know we talked a little bit about it pregame, but. You know, everybody wants to talk about the Angel Reese versus Caitlin Clark and the reactions and, and everything else. Uh, but I think one of the biggest things we can focus on even before even talking about any of that was 
just the fact that this feels like the first time there's a compelling and a legitimate and a national level interest in women's basketball like like right now the popularity is through the stratosphere for what went down this tournament and so i kind of want to get you guys you know your takes on that yeah i mean caitlin clark wow i mean she'll pull up from 30. i mean she is the well they're calling her the female steph curry and that's not to be taken lightly i've no. never heard a female basketball player be compared to Steph Curry. And Completely. Well, you, you haven't had one before. That's right. And what was interesting is uh, Gino Oriema, uh, coach for UConn, actually said that he actually compared her to a female version of Pistol Pete Maravich, right. which I thought was a pretty legit one just because of just the different arrays of ways that Pistol Pete would just put the ball in the basket and she's just like that. I mean, she can fill it up, you know, and, and what's crazy about her too is it's not even just that her court vision and ability to facilitate an offense and get the ball to other people. is just, it's next level right now. I'm going to hit y'all with something. I'm sure Rod will be with me here, maybe Drew, but I'm not saying that Caitlin Clark was like an Austin Crozier of the Indiana Pacers. She averaged 28 points, eight rebounds and almost nine assists for the season. This isn't right. like she just showed up for the games in the tournament. I mean, she balled out all year. For Iowa, I oh, mean, look, completely. look at the stat sheet. You have Caitlin Clark, 30, 40 points a game. Then you have some lady. Mo Monica Cezano. And then nobody yeah, else in the double figures. Nope. Completely. So to, to to have that little amount of talent on a team and not be able to lock her down. I mean, Tracy McGrady was a stud, but there towards the end of his time with the Magic, they would just triple team him. We didn't have anybody else. Grant Hill was still in crutches. There was nothing, nothing that anybody could do. But for her to be able to dominate the game when everybody knows the ball's going to her 100% of the time, amazing. But it goes back to her being able to stuff the stat sheet like that. Like I saw a, a stat during the uh, during the, the final four, she had seventeen double doubles this year. Yeah. I mean triple doubles this year. Seventeen. Seventeen triple right? doubles. Wow. Yeah. Next, like number two is four. Right. <laughs> I mean, so it's one of those type of things where you are first off, you know what's coming and you just can't stop it, but also. If you just focus on, I'm going to keep you from scoring, she's good enough to just get everybody else laid That's right. You know, I mean, that's just a, that's, that's that next level. That's right. And then you see her, like, get rebounds and, and, and outlet passes immediately right. off of those rebounds. So, so that's, the, that's the reason you can't really stop her because she can hurt you in other ways. Exactly. You know, and so the, and the women's game has never really seen anybody uh, – that could do that. And so that was just like, you know, and, and, and I know, like you said here, everybody wanted to talk about the, you know, Angel Reese with this and, and, you know, this, or even her shoeing, you know, I know you guys, uh, you know, can, can definitely chime in on that, but like, think about it this way. What, what made the NBA 
or at least started it at the level that we got to today. It was Lakers Celtics, bird magic, like intense rivalries and a compelling reason to like hate another team, like started the trajectory of, of what we embrace with the NBA today. Right. And I, I think that this is like the women's game could not have asked for anything better. Like you've got this otherworldly player right now playing out of her mind. And then you've got some other really good players as well. They're stepping up to the, to the challenge and stepping up to the plate to create this rivalry going. And the beauty of it here is like Caitlin Clark's back in college basketball next year. Angel Reese is back in college basketball next year. Like, this is made for TV. It was made for TV this year. Now you literally have it to where people are anticipating and counting up, like, the buildup of this season starting. Or could you imagine if there's a rematch of this next year? Like, it goes through the stratosphere. And I just think that's been the number one thing women's basketball has missed. There's been no intense rivalries. There's been no players outside of, you know, like your Cheryl Swoops and all those people like back in the day that people looked at in the same realm as a Michael Jordan or a Magic Johnson or today, like we you even said, a Steph Curry. Right. So that this is healthy for the women's game to have these type of larger-than-life personalities, to have in, intense rivalries or, or something like that. Exactly. And, and there are multiple players across college basketball that are really good players. The girl from Louisville, Van Sick. Hey, hey, Van Lee. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, she is she is really good. I remember when NBC signed the contract with WNBA, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh man, I can watch basketball year round, basically, right? I can I can watch it all through the summer." Mm-hmm. And then I watched the game, and it was like, you know, you had Ruthie Bolton Holyfield yep. and Cheryl Swoops and Lisa and Leslie. Cooper and Lisa Leslie. And yeah. That's a- about all I can, the lady that had all the the, the uh, lipstick on for the comments. I can't Tina remember. Thompson. Yep, that's right, exactly. And that was it. And now the the talent level is just so so much better. Yeah. So, and you add personalities in there, and it just makes a whole difference. Yeah, exactly. The personality is the necessary piece, right? We got to make some kind of an emotional connection, you know? Because right. I think that, like, you know, every every single city in the United States that's probably over a, a 40,000 to 50,000 population, right, has that double-A team or that single-A baseball team or that triple-A baseball team or that arena football league team or whatever craptastic sport we come up with to try to put butts in the seats. And you go, right? You win tickets. You get something to get you there and you're like well i'm gonna root for the home team and then they lose and you go well it's not that big of a Mm -hmm. deal right but those teams that you've made that emotional connection with are the teams that you are going to go and you're going to be devastated you're going to cry right whenever they lose that's the and that's what you need you've got to have that because you know I, I i love the dynamic of of lsu and iowa right the the back and forth the technical fouls and all the all the crap because whereas i don't agree that there was a technical foul in the game i don't disagree with the you can't mm-hmm. see me i'm for all of that you need it 
You have to yes. have it to build that emotional connection because if you don't, no butts are going to get in the seat. No, and it's just a game. It's just a player, and, and you don't even remember it next week. I, I, and I love it because, because it has been trending on Twitter. Women's basketball has been trending on Twitter ever since the weekend started. Do you realize how impressive that is? You had baseball. You had men's basketball. You had WrestleMania. And women – oh, not to mention – I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, I, I hear Donald Trump's in some trouble too. <laughs> um, all of that stuff on Twitter. But women's basketball is still there. That's the first time in the history of the world that it's ever been on there for that long. But you have to top, have that emotional connection. Correct. And the top two right now, Instagram follower uh, lifts or boosts, in the last like four days are number one, Angel Reese, and number two, Caitlin Clark. Like Angel Reese went from like maybe 500 Instagram followers. She has 1.08 now. Like Caitlin Clark like more than doubled her Instagram followers out of this. So it's, I mean, you're exactly right. You you gotta have that, that emotional tie. I mean, like just even think about it this way, like I said, how many people are 76ers fans because of Dr. J? Are there Celtics fans because of Larry Bird? Are there uh, were Lakers fans because of Magic Johnson and Showtime? They're Bulls fans because of Michael Jordan. I mean, you know, you're Pistons fans because of the bad boys, right? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, and, and how many people even just tuned in to the NBA just to see what Dennis Rodman was going to do in the, in the mid and late 90s, yes. right? You know, so he was going to marry yeah oh himself <laughs> he's gonna marry himself yes but you're exactly amazing. right like, even even my dad who he wasn't even on the internet his whole life like i remember him in the 90s like the whole like i was obsessed with the bulls i loved the bulls i me I, too i, I was I, I mean that was it once once jordan rodman pippen all all those guys were gone i couldn't even tell you anything about the bulls honestly i, I couldn't tell you anything about basketball too. Completely. Like it was, it was done. But but Rodman was there. Man, I'd have that on. My dad would hate every minute of the TV being on Dennis Rodman, and it was fantastic because <laughs> you have to have that dynamic. It doesn't matter what side you take. If you take a side, you're connected and you're you're invested at that point, and you're going to tune in. You're, you're exactly right. What you said, it, the personalities creates the emotional tie that creates the the the, the followings. I don't know if y'all can see, but day one is on with us as well as uh, Larry. And yo, yo. Larry wants to, uh, I think he wants to get our take. And so I'll kick it off first, Larry. Uh, my take, I, I was a, uh, a wannabe basketball player. You know, I never played at any, any level other than uh, like your YMCA and then, of course, street ball. But uh, what, when did I grow up? When was I playing the majority of my basketball? when this movie called White Men Can't Jump came out. Mm -hmm. So everybody talked trash. And the bottom right. line is this. If someone ever talked trash to you, it was no holds barred. Correct. If you said I was trash and then you came down and I threw your shot into the bleachers, not only was I in your face, but my whole team was in your face. So it, will, it would never stop. So for these critics that say, oh, well, 
um, all Caitlin did was this John Cena thing and uh, Angel Reese followed her for 15 seconds and showed her where her ring was going to go and all this. I love what Caitlin Clark did on Outside the Lines today. Yep. She said, nobody needs to be upset with Angel Reese. And as you said in pregame, Rod, what'd you say? Game respects game. Game respects game. I mean, you know, and, and, and then the other thing is when she shooed Raven Johnson for, uh, you know, for, for South Carolina because she was 21% shooting threes and, like, in the middle of it, it's just like, she's not going to shoot that. Like, what were we talking about? I was like, that's cold-blooded. But it was like that just, like we talked about, that's an intensity and a competitive spirit that draws people in, like you said, Drew. Like, I mean, the, the, the criticism of that, and, and here's, a, here's, here's my hot take about the critics of that. These are the same people that complain about how boring and uncompelling the WNBA or, or women's basketball is, right? But now you're talking about it nonstop and you're complaining about what happened, but the very reason you're complaining about it is the very thing that's got you following something that you thought was not followable before that. Right. <laughs> but like, so like, like, I, you I remember it both ways. I remember a few years ago, though, like, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep on the subject of women's sports here. Um, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge English Premier League fan, right? Love soccer. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I remember there was a match between uh, – I don't even remember who it was between. That's the awesome part about it. Uh, um, but uh, but so there was a striker. Um, her name's Alicia Lehman, and um, she was she was thrown to the ground. I mean, it straight up should have been yellow card. If not red, I can't remember if she was taking a shot. Well, so um, the, the girl that threw her to the ground was, uh, was you know, between her and goal next, next go round, right? And she just backs up one step and, I mean, like, just nails her right in the face with the ball. I mean, just, like, knocks her down mm -hmm. to the ground. It was the hardest shot that girl probably took the whole game. Who my favorite women's soccer uh, player was after that? Yep. <laughs> you want to believe I knew who Alicia Lehman was? Absolutely, I knew who she was. Every time I get on YouTube, there's going to be a YouTube short recommended to me of her playing out there and doing something. And again, it, I'm a Liverpool fan. She's she's not even a player for for the women Liverpool team. Like you know, so uh, like she's on the Swiss team. There's no real connection. I just had that, and that was the 100% trash talk aspect of it. Right? She didn't Correct. say a word, but we all knew what she meant. Right? Yeah. We all felt I, it. I, I, I mean, no. Yeah, nobody is talking about the 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 spirit of the NBA is is being diminished when you get somebody that mocks Dame time when they, when they're, when they're beating them. Like, what was it with Beverly was like, Dame time, like, you know, like, you know, it must be broken. Right. right? You know, I mean, like nobody does it. Or when Rogers gets sacked, I mean, back in the day, people used to discount double check or, you know, you break up a pass from Justin Jefferson and you hit the gritty. I mean, exactly. Exactly. Nobody says anything about that. That's right. And then on top of that, nobody said anything when Draymond Green refused to go out to guard Russell Westbrook. Yep. There was like one thing that was said about it. And I think I told I think I told y'all, and it was it's it's cool if you're open. That's when you're supposed to take a shot at basketball. 
But if you're open all the time, you should probably ask yourself why you're open all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all that got. Yeah. There wasn't video a million times showing Draymond Green just standing back or in Caitlin Clark's case, being waved up, waving the girl to, to shoot since she shoots 21%, which Russell Westbrook would love to shoot 21% from the three-point line, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, they just threw it back on, on Westbrook. That's right. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, I really, un unfortunately, I think, I know that the, there's a lot of uh, race being played. Um, you know, Stephen A. Smith, Ryan Clark, those guys. But uh, I, I see it as much more gender than race. Uh, but that's, that's a good point. That's just me. Um, no women have ever talked trash before. And so now we're surprised that this is happening. And oh no, um, Caitlin Clark did it and Angel Reese one up her. But that's what trash talk is. Good take. That's a good take, Craigo. The, 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 the gender aspect of, of it. Because we look at that as not being ladylike or whatever it may be, or there's the spirit of it. It's just, yeah, it's crazy. Well, these women are far more athletic than any of us. What's that, Drew? I said, I'm a WWE fan. I don't give a crap. I want the trash talk. Correct. I need the, I need the trash talk. Yep. If I don't have the trash talk, I'm not interested. Yep. Right. And, 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 and the, 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 like I said, the situational irony is we're still talking about women's college basketball, right? Two, three days after the championship because of this so that's the irony here that's right it's still being talked about it's gonna be a huge build up before the season and it's because of this larry said i want trash talk and steroids yep i agree there we go <laughs> make baseball great again bring back roids <laughs> i need that's right it. these pitchers only pitching three innings and then going to the bench i want them back on roids <laughs> everybody thinks it's the batters no, I don't care about the home runs. I want somebody out there throwing 300 pitches a game. That's yep. what I want. I need and, them and, roids again. That's right. And, and keeping the spirit of the WWE, before the season, the preseason, these women should cut promos. <laughs> I agree. I agree. They should cut promos. Let, just, just let Angel Reese go no holes barred in the preseason. Just cut a promo. And then, and hey, then the UFC the does it. One. The UFC does it. They did the promo thing for quite some time. Like, there are so many sound bites out there of Chael Sonnen making fun of Anderson Silva, Vanderlei Silva, Lyoto Machida. And if you look at his track record, the only one of those guys he ever beat was Vanderlei Silva. He lost to the other ones. But you watched it because you're like, what's he going to say next? It's yep. hilarious. And yep. that's correct. Right. And, and that's, that's what what gets views it's it's the world we live in i mean it's just like us we have a meeting what's our trivia questions gonna be well we can't do that one it's too hard it won't get views you know like <laughs> we're the we're the exact same way that's what this world's come to i don't understand why people uh, are surprised but again you know you have to have talking heads and we're just as guilty as anybody else making a story out of it so that it does become relevant and it sticks around. Now, what I want to know, 
is Iowa's recruiting class coming up. What's that going to look like? Because someone put them on the map this season. And if she has help, she's winning a championship next year. I'm just saying. So, so what you're also telling me, too, is that if, if it's LSU and Iowa in a rematch, they should have a press conference with, with uh, Reese and Caitlin Clark on both sides, very similar to like a boxing match press before the, before the match. I have the press conference. WWE contract signing. The That's contract signing would be perfect. That's what I want. Bring them out, put one of them on one side of the table, one of them on the other side of the table, and magically they're all sitting in folding chairs that can be used as weapons. That's, right. That's what I want to see. And, and, and then you've got 10 minutes before they sign the contract of each of them cutting promos against each other. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I need Michael Cole with the hype reel. That's what I need. <laughs> Money in the Money bank. Money in the bank. <laughs> Reese with the briefcase, right? That, that'll be even better. We have we have Louisville come in, cash it in, take take out the losing team at halftime. Whoever wins, <laughs> wins, wins, the, wins the game. That's what we're going to do there. Have Ben List music just drop. <laughs> <laughs> But we're joking about it. You know that you know that if if those those ladies are watching us, if those ladies are watching us, they're like, yeah, they got the reference. They got yeah, it. That's right. You know, John Cena actually hit her back on Twitter the, the, the day after she did that and he gave her a shout out. Well, you know, he did that this weekend on Saturday night. Yep. That has it didn't work very out that well. well. That has been being used for a long time in professional sports. Yep. And, of course, y'all know I don't follow wrestling. I haven't followed it in probably oof, close to 30 years. And I had to look it up to see where that came from. So I used it before I knew that it was from professional wrestling. Because, you know, there was that time frame, like, I didn't watch professional. Like, I stopped watching professional wrestling when I became an adult and then started back when I had kids. Same here. Right? Same here. And, exactly. and I still, I still knew it. Like, cause one of my friends that was into professional wrestling, I was like, I don't even know what this means. Like, I still do it. Like, you know, you just, I probably picked and, and, it up from and, some celebration. Yeah, cause all the DBs like back in the in the early two thousands was would, would, would do this after <laughs> they get an interception. Right. <laughs> exactly right. Yep. Y'all get a kick out of this. When I was in Boston, we were at a, a really nice burger place. We like to go to, uh, what is it, divers, drive-ins, dives, and diners. Diners, drives in, yeah, and dives, yeah. Drive-ins and dives, yeah. So we always look to see where he's been. And uh, he went to this place called Boston Burger. And it was it was really good, but that's not the reason I'm telling you. They had wrestling on every TV, Monday Night Raw. And uh, the manager, I found out, he was actually a professional wrestler. I said, but were you in the WWE? You can come on our podcast. And he said, uh, no, he's fought in front of up to 5,000 people. But he, he was always in like local type stuff. He never there, made it to. There, there is a 20% chance that me or Rod knows who he is. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, I want to say that his name is the Phoenix. Ooh, that one's too generic. Is it? Yeah. I'm 
pretty sure. I have to check with Katie, but I'm pretty sure he said his name was the Phoenix. I'm going to say yes on that one, but like I said, that's really generic. Yeah. Because I don't think it's the Phoenix that I think that, that, that I think it is. That'd be crazy if y'all knew like the bootleg versions of uh, WWE. Some like Ray Phoenix? No, he just said the Phoenix. Like that was his nickname. There was a, there was a guy out of Mexico that was called the Phoenix um, back in the in the late nineties. Um, that that like that's the one that comes to my mind. This but guy is straight up hardcore Bostonian. Yeah, yeah, hmm, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't think yeah. it's the, the one that that. Yeah, no, no. Rod, because I I think Rod, me and you might be thinking of the same one. Yep. Like that Ray Mysterio kind of feel yeah. to him. His name is Ray Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that. Yeah. I mean, let's just say here, you know, we're trying not to, we're trying not to talk race, but let's say he looked a lot more like me than he did Rod. How's that? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. The politest so, way to put it, I guess. <laughs> but it was so funny because all my kids were watching and I mean, crazy stuff was happening. We were all going, "Ooh, oh, oh, get him!" You know, it was it was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> it's tough to not get into it when you're there, like right. involved with a group of people. That's exactly right. I'm, I mean, in speaking, I'm of actually. Gonna be I'm glad to not be watching wrestling tonight because I have no joke watched wrestling this weekend for um, like 18 hours. Yeah, WrestleMania. Wow. Between, between, Although it will be interesting to see now that the uh, UFC and WWE have merged, what comes of that? They're going to merge with the WNBA, and we're going to get our wish. That's what's going to happen. That, 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 that would be perfect. <laughs> so get did Logan some of that Paul NIL compete? money. Yeah, he, he did. Yeah, I <laughs> know. Did Logan Paul almost win, or did he get beat down? He, he got beat. Did he? Yeah, he I know it. he lost, but was it embarrassing? He, no, no. I mean he actually he had a good showing, but he lost. Yeah, <laughs> now, he's quite an athlete. He really is. Yes, he's, he's quite the athlete. But like, I mean, it was only memorable for the sake of you know wrestling things being memorable, right? You know, like <laughs> he had his friend out there to help him in a costume. And, you know, like they pulled the old switcheroo, but it didn't work and it backfired yep. and it was all great, you know. But like I said, that's all the wrestling schematics of it. Out, outside of that, like he, he performed well. Yeah, great promotion I mean, for him. He's the he's the ultimate guy to go out there and wrestle, though, because he gets the negative heat. Like it's tough to it, – it would be tough for me to go out there and say, hey, Josh, I'm going to pay you some money to, to wrestle. And you'd be like, great, you know, because Josh is a good guy overall, right? <laughs> Josh is the guy that, you know, goes to church. He's in Sunday school, you know, and then for me to go, oh, and by the way, I want you to go out there and make fun of every city that we go to and have everybody boo you, right? Yep. That would be tough for Josh to do. But for a guy like Logan Paul, super easy. All he has to do is show up and everybody hates him. Like, it's magic. Yeah, and it's obnoxious. And, and, and see, that's the, that's the whole essence of your successful wrestlers are that, you know, they've always been taught – to be an extension of who they naturally yes, are. Right. So, and so for him, it's just, I mean, he, I don't even think it's really an extension he has to be. <laughs> just be himself. And the one, 
ones that are that, loved and hated are the ones that are the most popular. Nothing really in correct. between. They're just like, correct. Eh. So let's let's round table real quick. Josh, if you were a professional wrestler, would you be a good guy or a bad guy? I'd be a bad guy. Got to be a bad guy. I think bad guys are more popular than good guys these days. I think NWO is to thank for that. Yeah. I mean, because you even look at like the Stone Cold Steve Austin's of the world and even the DX, it was it was that whole anti-hero type of sentiment. So like if you even look at some of your just like insanely popular guys today, they started out as heels or or people who were just weren't likable. But all the stuff they did, it just made them cool. Right. So, So what about you, Rod? If you were a wrestler, would you be a good guy or a bad guy? I I would I would probably end up being a face. I think you would. Yeah. For sure. I can't see Rod being a bad guy. <laughs> I I'd I probably don't. probably somebody that would be comfortable to me would be like Big E. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I have pictured a little bit. A little bit goofy, a little bit serious, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have have that uh, that 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 church preacher feel to him that's just hilarious, right? You know, I know y'all didn't see the Jake Paul fight, but um, Logan Paul was interviewed after the second or third round, I think, and he actually said an expletive, and the announcers were like really frustrated that he had done that. And I wonder if that was a way to kind of get some attention for what he was going to be doing in a month or two. Oh, kind of thing. Because he was saying things like not very uh, friendly about Tyson Fury's brother and how he was going to get smoked and how he was a blankety blank, blank, blank and all this stuff. So y'all yeah. talk so about that. That was an easy way for him to, to, to garner heat and – and and promote himself. So yeah, exactly. So exactly. Can can I be be real for a minute though? I don't know that that has anything to do with the WWE aspect of him, but that everything he does isn't a little bit, you know, self indulgent, a little bit self promotion. You know, like like for example, if I put you or you, however this lines up for you guys if i put you guys on tv and i say hey look guys i need you to do this on tv you know this is gonna be live i need you to say these these things give your opinions on this blah 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 you're gonna stick to the script and you're gonna say the things that aren't going to make your wives yell at you right <laughs> like that's gonna Correct. be the whole thing is like i don't want to go to church on sunday and be embarrassed i don't want to go to a community <laughs> event and be embarrassed I'm going to say the thing that, and, and ultimately what are you doing? You're saying, I want this to be as forgettable as possible Correct. because if, if it's memorable, I'm going to, to hear about it later. Yep. And, and 100% guys like that have just completely lost that notion. Like it, it's just like, you're going to, you, Josh get to know Drew as 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 me, but whenever the camera's on, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be in Correct. that character. 
and and it's just so self-indulgent because at this point in life i don't even know what's real and what's fake anymore because it's almost all like professional wrestling where no i mean we're we're in a reality tv world and then the other thing is social media completely magnifies that because everybody that now has a social media platform feels like they have their own built-in reality show look at me what i'm doing today and and look at this. So everything that they do has to be an exaggeration of everything that's really going on in their life. So you're a hundred percent correct. Well, well, I mean, even like, even like we do it to an extent to ourselves, right? Like, I know that people I know listen to this podcast, but I also know they don't listen to the whole podcast. They only listen to the bits and pieces they fast forward or or just give up 20 minutes into the episode whatever if you remember i have a very embarrassing story out there i have not mentioned that at all to anybody that knows me and it's Mm -hmm. out there it's on the internet it's i hope people find it at one point in time like i really do but i'm not self-promoting that that's not the thing i snipped and put on tiktok at all you know so even even us, and I doubt Josh is being like, hey, mom, you should listen to what Andrew said. You know, like he's not he's not calling people up and telling them to go listen to the last 20 minutes of episode whatever. I don't even remember what it was. <laughs> Larry, but I will tell you, Drew. Larry knows. <laughs> hey, Drew, I have had a couple of people ask me if you were going to do the show without your shirt on. Well, I put that out there on on TikTok and everything. So, so that that was that was like one of those things. I'm testing the water, right? I want to see like do people do people that I know actually like pay attention to this stuff, or do they just give a like and move on? Like, oh, there's there's Josh and Andrew. I like that. Let's move on. Because that's the thing. Like, you know, whereas we all have our own individual friends, you have to think there is thousands, literally thousands of people that know us together right like because we worked at a place together that had like the highest turnover ever it was like mcdonald's drive-through turnover oh yeah so there's literally we're talking about like the two for 129 daily right. <laughs> right. there's literally people out there that like i don't even remember like like you remember you remember those girls that we convinced that we were brothers really? yeah do you remember their names? You don't have to say the names, but do you remember yeah. their names? You do? Yeah. Because I don't. <laughs> I'll tell you after this no show. Clue. No clue who they were. I think I remember who one of them was. I think. <laughs> but the other, no, no clue. Yeah. No clue. And yeah, I rem- probably like, wait. I only remember happening with one. So if there were two i only know one for sure okay there you go okay yep you're 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 gonna you're gonna have to text it to me after the show yep i will for sure speaking of after the show 807 y'all ready for some uncle joe's trivia answers right so for those of y'all that joined us late the first question was who holds the NCAA record? Well, we know now that Caitlin Clark holds the record for the most points by a woman 
in NCAA tournament history, but whose record did she break? Mm -hmm. That would be none other than the Texas Tech phenom, Cheryl Swoops from 1993. Which Rod got in three seconds. That's right. <laughs> you know, I actually, I, I started watching I mean, I watched a little bit of women's basketball before that just because I was just a sports junkie even at age like five. But, like, my biggest entrance into women's basketball was Cheryl Swoops because everybody started comparing her. To, she's a female Michael Jordan. So how fitting is it that now we've got something that really the first time that you've got a, another uh, woman basketball player being – compared to one of the, the, the greats in men, whether it's Steph Curry or, or like Gina Oriama said, Pistol Pete. So, how, I mean, like, that's just fitting that she breaks that record. But, I, I mean, I didn't think anybody was going to get Swoop's record because she was just dropping them, like, 40 any night, like, in that tournament. So, this, like, I, people don't understand how impressive it is what she did there. Oh, yes. And then the second one was, she not only broke the women's record for the most points in tournament history, but also the men's. And that's just And crazy. whose record did she break? And that would be none other than, what did they used to call him? Robo Rice? Glenn Rice? Something like that, yeah. Michigan Wolverines in 1989 national championship team. Glenn Rice. And you know, it was so funny in pregame, I named like two guys on that team thinking that uh, it's probably not either one of them just because they canceled each other out. So that's really like speaks to what, what Rice did that year too. So, yep. And then the last one was who holds the record for the most assists in San Diego state basketball history. Oh man. And that would be none other than anybody want to guess, Larry? Day one. What you got? Tony Gwynn. That was so crazy. <laughs> yes, that's no, no. Tony Gwynn. It's not that's another Tony guy Gwynn. named Tony Gwynn. That's it's Tony. the baseball guy, Tony that's Gwynn. That's exactly right. So I see Larry saying, nah. Who else could it be? I could really only name um, one other San Diego State basketball player in the history of San Diego State before this year, and that and would be Kawhi that? Leonard. Kawhi Leonard, yeah. yeah. And although it's funny that Kawhi Leonard's career ended by getting put out by UConn in the Sweet 16 in 2011. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Crazy. So – so I just I just want to say something. I, I've been I, I've I've been wanting to text you guys this, but you know we're, we're wrapping up, we're winding down here. Um, we talk a lot about the SEC and the dominance this year of the SEC in basketball. Of course, we know they're always dominant in football. But can anybody? I, can we not just credit Conference USA's basketball dominance this year? Like they. Lose Literally, were the finals in the freaking NIT, and then Correct. you had FAU in the final four. Correct. 50%. Like, no the last other conference did that good. That's right. What? 50% of the last six standing. Yeah. 
pretty impressive. And, and and North Texas and UAB actually pushed Florida Atlantic to their limits in games right. during the season. Yep. North Texas is a good basketball team. I didn't realize they had beaten UAB both games in the regular season. Right. right. And UAB was up by like 20 in the first half in the conference tournament and only ended up winning by seven or eight, if yeah, I remember correctly. It was a struggle. It's so wild, that, th those three teams. Like, it's such a downer that the other two ended up in the NIT. Yeah. Because, hey. like, I feel like they would have done something. I mean, but, UAB and North Texas were teams that, in the right bracket, could have been in the Sweet 16. Absolutely. Like, they were, they were that good. And, and, of course, North Texas, their coach had, like, a new job, like, the next day. Right. Where <laughs> – but we said it. We actually said it that the NIT winner was probably going to be like somebody super impressive. Because I was wanting Auburn to be in the NIT, and now I'm glad I didn't because they weren't because they would have been knocked out by somebody from, you know, Conference USA. <laughs> I mean, Vanderbilt was knocked out by UAB in in uh, Nashville. So there you go. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Yeah. You know where the North Texas coach went, right? No, you know, I'm trying. I, I think he went to Texas Tech. Okay. That'd be a nice little upgrade. Yeah. Yes. Not bad. I think he went to Texas Tech. Yeah, and then uh, of course we know that Patino went to St. John's. So I think he's going to restore them. Like that's just a, a great natural fit. Yeah. And the Big East basketball is just ridiculous oh, right now. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. He's not going to restore them. You heard it here first. He's not going to restore him. He's going to restore St. John's like uh, Kyrie Irving restored the Dallas Mavericks, right? Exactly. <laughs> no, he's not going to do that bad. <laughs> Ron called hey, it. But remember Ron what called. we said. Yep. Huh? You yes. called it. You said that let's not even talk about if Kyrie Irving's going to sign in the offseason – Let's see if he even makes it to the offseason as a Maverick. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think you may even said, let's see where they are 10 games from now. Exactly. I, 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 I said that this was going to be a massive flop yep. for them. Now, I didn't think it was going to be like, you can't even make the number 10 spot in the play-in flop. But I figured it was going to be like, you're not going very far. Right. And Kyrie's saying, Oh, if you think this is so easy, why don't you come out and play and we'll watch? It's like, man, come on. You make $35 million a year to play basketball and you're going to argue with a fan? <laughs> Are you kidding me? You average 30 a game and you've got somebody else on your team that averages 30 a game and you can't even be at least the 10th best in the conference. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> yep, yeah. But is it, it was to be expected. That's right. Exactly. All right, y'all ready to sign off? Absolutely. All right. Well, we appreciate y'all coming back to listen to us. Rod, Drew, appreciate y'all being healthy again and back. Um, as we appreciate know, it too. What's that? We appreciate it too. <laughs> <laughs> and again, thank you, Day One, for stepping in for us. Um, you know, we're we're gonna be here every week. Hopefully Tuesdays at seven o'clock going forward, and uh, we want this to be an engaging podcast. So we appreciate Larry, Brandon, for uh, commenting tonight. We want people to comment. Everybody who's listening, 
let us know what you're thinking of the show. We can, we can switch on a dime. Larry's done that to us before. We've completely changed the whole show when Larry said something, and that's cool. Like, that's, that's what we're here to do. Make sure that everybody who's listening is having a good time because you all know we are, and that's not going to stop. So over the next few weeks, don't be surprised if we have some uh, celebrity guests coming up. Um, you know, somebody from college basketball, I was trying to, trying to get him for tonight, but that wasn't able to happen. Um, but somebody that maybe um, is a worldwide talent on the basketball court. So more to come from that. So um, until then, make sure that you're following us everywhere, telling all your friends, family. Um, you can follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, obviously Facebook Reels, Facebook Live, YouTube Shorts, TikTok. What is it? The Clapper? What is it called? I, I don't think we're on we're Clapper. Not on Clapper, okay. I don't think um, we are. So Maybe we are. Just about any <laughs> social media. Um, you can Google us. If you can't find us, we're there on Google. So you can find us anywhere that, that you could find a podcast. So um, until next Tuesday at 7 o'clock, y'all be great. And uh, hopefully get some sleep after the March Madness tired you out a bit. Ha, ha, ha.